When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, listeners? Welcome to the latest episode of River City 93, brought to you by Roughneck Scars, Icarus FC, and of course, for the culture. By the way, before we start, I don't know if you should say Happy Memorial Day, but Memorial Day to those that have served this country. Um, and also, in remembrance, this is 100 years of the Tulsa Massacre. If you don't know what it is, I advise you to read up on it. But as always, I'm one co-host short. But in the studio with me today, I have my good friend, Matt, who's down at the beach enjoying his best life. Isn't that right? Are you drinking mimosas on the beach? Not yet. I'm down here on the island, much like uh, our man uh, El Tanque is whenever he's uh, playing up and center forward for us. That is very true. Or Zaka in the midfield by himself. Just doing everything. Doing everything. Um, So, yeah. So, I don't know where should we start off with this. 2-1 2-1 defeat to Chattanooga. To be honest with you, if we would have came out with the win, I, I would have felt like we stole it. If we came out with a draw, I would have been like, that's fair. A loss, in the moment, I hated it because of the way how we gave up the two goals at the end. But it's a fair representation of this game. Um, I will also say this. I think Darren got his – so, okay, let me say this. I think Darren had the right tactics. I think he put the wrong people in the spots for the attack, if that makes sense. I, th- I think so. I'm sure we'll go into more details of it. But, yeah, I, you know, kind of overall assessment of it. Uh, at halftime, you would have offered me a, a draw. I would have taken that and run faster than I've run in years from that because <laughs> ooh, that first half was rough to watch. Oh, and then, yeah. But then, you know, I mean, let's be real, completely out of, you know, nowhere, early second half, actually get a lead. That's what makes, you know, the loss hurt even worse. Like, again, you know, we talked about, you know, this last you know, show going into it. Okay. You realize that Chattanooga, you know, just has our number a lot of times for any reason. So if you had, uh, on at 3 p.m. on Saturday said, okay, this is going to be a 2 1 loss, you probably think, okay, I won't be too surprised about that. Right, but it's the way it happens. That's what makes it hurt. Yeah, yo, it was like so. The first half, and we're gonna talk about it, but it pretty much like the first half, we were like, "All right, they're going to score. Like it's going to happen." There were maybe like two of the chances where Chattanooga had opportunities where they didn't. And then we get to halftime. Get out of halftime. There's one sub. Um, he brings on Stanley for Hanan, and then out of nowhere, there's a goal. And then in that moment, you're like. Okay, the defense has been solid so far. Like, granted, they're probably dog-tired. Defense has been our backbone. And then out of nowhere, it's like the rugs get pulled out underneath us, and we end the game 2-1. And they bring up their own version of El Tanque. Yeah, 
Race. I don't know what it is about Richmond and Chattanooga. Richmond playing in Chattanooga, but it's just bad voodoo. Bad voodoo. I mean, to be bad fair, voodoo. would you be excited about going to Chattanooga for a work trip? Huh. I wouldn't. No. no, I wouldn't. But it's just the fact, like, so before this was uh, five consecutive losses, basically six. Consecutive losses for the characters against Chattanooga in those six games. Uh, we've been outscored 11 to 4. And I mean, granted, of course, of two different years, but yeah, it hasn't been. Or what is this? Three three straight two ones with, you know, this time they actually scored a little bit earlier, but I think last year both of uh, the game winners were in stoppage time. Granted, the second game was a little bit different because that was the last game of the season where we were just completely pushed forward because the draw did us no good, yeah. you know, had to win basically. So they kind of you know, still went on the counter there, but yeah, the game, you know, it's really similar to last you know, season, you know, get the lead and then, uh, you know, cough it up, you know, in very similar ways. Yeah. Very similar ways. And yeah, it just hurts. <laughs> I was very annoyed and pissed after this game. But then uh, we, I took Sunday. I think I tweeted out at 4 o'clock in the morning that I put myself in technical hell because I was trying to figure out what Darren was doing, and I figured it out. So we're going to talk about that. But first and foremost, let's hop into these lineups. Um, it So I was kind of expecting Olex to kind of be in a certain lineup. I guess Darren listened to this podcast a little bit too hard because he probably heard us talk about Emmy, Neil, and Hernan on the starting lineup. And he was like, I'm going to do this. And it didn't work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we probably spent what, a good five minutes last episode, you know, talking about, you know, okay, well, how could they fit, you know, together? Where does this, you know, work out? And yeah, we see the lineup. We're like, oh, okay. You know, we've talked about this. Let's see if, you know, let's see if our ideas are you know, going to work. Let's see if he uses our ideas or he found a different way of doing it. Uh, what, you know, whatever that was out there, it did not work no. at all. So for those that don't know, Chattanooga is a very easy team to figure out. They're going to play a 4-4-2. They're going to high pressure. What they're looking to do is create overloads in the midfield, cut out passes, and pretty much just crunch. So, like, their strikers are on your center backs. The uh, I guess left and right mids, we will call them. They're more so wingers, but they're pretty left and right. Left and right mid, they're pressing on your fullbacks. The two CDMs are going to be right on top of your center defensive mid. And then their uh, right back and forth are going to be your wingers, and then the center backs are going to be right on top of the strikers. That's all fine and dandy. Richmond, I believe, was set up in a way to try to break that down because one of the things that we talked about, well, one of the things I was tweeted was just like, if Richmond could do two things, win the second ball and pretty much complete simple passes to break down the defense, they, they have a chance at this game. The first five minutes, I knew that plan won't work because nobody could hold on to the ball at all. Everybody was losing the ball. And it was kind of just like everyone looked shell shocked for like a good 
like five, ten minutes. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like nobody had any idea where anybody would be. You know, nobody had any idea of uh, you know how you know firm they or soft they needed to play a pass. It, I mean, other than you know booting the ball long, nothing was working. And the only reason booting the ball long was working was because you know it got the ball out of pressure for half a second before it came yeah. right back down our throat. Right, right back down. So Richard was set up in his four one three two. I kind of argued that it was kind of like a a four one three one one. Um and that's just because of where Hernan ended up. So I think the original plan was to have either Avon or Cabo, because I think they're probably the best two long passers on the team from the defensive spot, was kind of have them kick the ball down to Hernan. Hernan knocks it down. If he's on the side with Matt, knock it down to Matt. Matt then plays with Emmy, and then you kind of form like a triangle with that. Or if he's on the side with Alex, kind of that same thing. And then you have Neil right behind it, just in case to kind of cut anything out or to help, you know, spread the passes more. That sounds fine on paper, but in this game, you can easily tell, like, and I hate to say it because I think Neil is a very good player. I think he has a lot of quality and talent that will help Richmond out in later games with teams that play, like, a low block. But against teams at high press, he's not really mobile enough to really find space for himself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, yeah, we kind of talked about this last week. He was very good when he was able to get on the ball, but you know, getting you know to that space initially, you know, he's he's not you know traditionally fast, uh, and you know he's not he might have some quickness. I haven't seen it you know yet, uh, but you know it all goes back to what you're talking about that idea of the long ball to you know, Hernan be able to knock it down. It sounds great on paper, but it sounded great on paper week one, week two, and week three. And it wasn't really as effective in practice as it was in paper, you know, then either. It was a lot, you know, the same of, all right, you know, play it long. And, oh, look, all of a sudden he has, you know, two guys on him. You know, every now and then he's able to, you know, knock it down. And I think when he actually is in a position, you had somebody, you know, nearby him. Like, I can remember a couple that he was able to, you know, knock down to Boulder, you know, pretty well. But, you know, if we're saying, oh, I can remember a couple he was able to knock down. Well, well, we played far more than a couple up to him. Yeah. And I mean, like, also, this also, I think also where the knockdown balls are happening at is also an issue because a lot of knockdown balls are happening closer to the sideline. So it's almost like you need Hernan to have a pinpoint, accurate, like, kind of glance header to knock it down to Matt Baldo so he can run off to it. The chances of yeah. that happening are probably very slim. Right. I think, um, I think you know, when it happens, you know, in the ideal setting, it's going to be great. But it, you know, me winning, you know, the lottery and the slim chance of that, that happens, it's going to be great. Yeah, yeah exactly. So that was one version of how Darren was. I think the other version was if the long ball was not there, or if there's an opportunity for Richard to kind of play out of the back, which is very slim the first half. I think what he wants then is to have Avon pass the ball to Zappa. And then Zaka and Neil to kind of link up to almost great, then like a 4 4 2. And then from them to kind of spray passes wherever. That's all fine and dandy. But once Zaka gets the ball, since Kanuga is in this 4 4 2 press, 
and decorating kind of like a box around Neil. It's like any chance, and you can go back and look at the game. Anytime Neil has the ball, there's two people on him hounding him down. And Neil doesn't have the speed to necessarily get around away from people. He's technical, he's shifty. But in order to do that, you need to have space to deliver the ball to the next person because they have the next progression. And Neil wasn't able to do that at all. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't the only one either. Yeah. No, no, he wasn't. So, you know, if you I really look at I think I got it five possessions in a row when we lost the ball and put ourselves back in dangerous. Yeah, because if you looked at it, Chattanooga did a really good job of isolating Neil, isolating Emmy, isolating, you know, Hernan. You know, a lot, you know, anytime any of them got it, it seemed like there were, you know, two or three red shirts around them and not another, you know, you know, kicker, a guy in gray within an easy, you know, pass unless it was a purely, you know, negative pass backwards. Uh, you know, so, I mean, credit to Chattanooga, they did a really good, you know, job with that. But I mean, that, especially that first half, I felt like, you know, playing, you know, you know, against you know, 15, 16 guys, just the way that they were able to effectively swarm. Yeah, exactly. So, also keep this in mind. What happened in the first half, I think, really leads to the two goals that we give up in the second half. And we'll talk about that when we get to the second half. Um. But yeah, you got to give credit to Chattanooga. I think Chattanooga is also. I wish we had the proper stats to really show it, but I believe they are one of the best, probably aerial teams and one of the more physical teams in the league. And that's something Richmond struggles with. Is outside of our, I think we talked about it before. Like outside of our backline, we are not necessarily a big team. We're not like a strong physical team. We are more like, you know, technical. Right, and especially with the you know, team that was picked, you know, for this game, you know, normally in the midfield, you know, uh, you know, we'd have you know, Victor Falcon there, who, uh, you know, I mean, he's not like a brute or anything, but he's a big boy. He can be able to uh, lay a body on somebody, you know, if necessary. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, Hernan's got some size, but again, we've already established that he was is so far isolated from the play that, uh, you know, he wasn't going to be able to you know, make that you know same you know impact physically, you know, that uh, bigger body in, in the midfield, you know, could have uh, provided. Uh, and you saw that it got to, you know, our guys too. I mean, you think about that uh, yellow that Emmy took, that was just a pure frustration foul. I mean, it was the most obvious yellow card you'd ever see oh. in your life. Uh, and I mean, I, honestly, I was worried that, you know, he was going to get himself sent off, you know, because you know, he was just visibly, Frustrated and not happy with how things were going. And on legs, right at was the 44th minute when he kind of kicked the yeah, ball. God. The camera kind of cut away, so I wasn't able to see it fully, but I like heard on the audio. He kicked the ball, and I was like, oh, you, that's, you don't need that <laughs> in yeah. this kind of game. I mean, I was, I was halfway worried that, you know, he's going to, you know, get sent for that, you know, because, you know, you, the rep decides that he sees it as, hey, you, you know, fired it. Directly at a fan or something like that. That's grounds you know, for a potential record. Thankfully, wasn't seen that way. But you, know, you can't put yourself in that position to have an interpretation. Yeah, no, not at all, not at all. Also, I want to ask you this: Do you think it was a red card um, in the first half? Um, I believe it was Monty kind of that slide tackle it, but he kind of more or less took the ball off of the uh, Chattanooga Red Wolves player and he tried to. The Red Wolves player fell in the box. Do you think that was a red card? I don't remember it, so I'm guessing I did not have a strong feeling that it would have been a red card. 
<laughs> I know they were talking about it on the broadcast. So I was wanting to see it. But, um, so yeah, that's more or less the first half. I mean, it, in it nil nil, I do feel as if we came lucky because we were talking about it before we recorded. Um, there were like two or three chances where it felt like Chattanooga was going to score. The one that's probably most noticeable is when uh, Jalen had a ball out on the left hand side, and I. Okay, so the way how I looked at it was, I think he thinks the ball is going out of bounds, so he kind of just eases up, and the Chattanooga player regains possession of it and beats it to it and just kind of just lays it across. And I don't know if it's – I think it's either Calvo or either Akira threw off the Chattanooga, Chattanooga player running on in on goal to kind of, like, force him to go wide with it. But that was the moment I was like, all right, we are playing with, like, luck. At this point, yeah, that 0-0 that was a win, you know, of a first <laughs> half. Yeah, because uh, there, there's no – if anybody told you that, uh, you know, the kickers were the better team or even close to it playing even in that half, uh, you have somebody who's lying to you in life. I think you even tweeted about uh, how Jimmy O'Blada said, like, oh, yeah, Rich was one of the most improved teams, you know. They're, yeah, they're well, <laughs> well, uh, you can't possibly have you know watched you know from last year. You know, maybe, maybe if you only watched the first game of this season, you, you might you know, think that. But uh, if you've watched the last month, uh, you know it, it's hard to say with a straight face that this team has uh, improved from last year. You, you can make it. You might be able to make an argument that they're the same as last year, but improved. I don't know. So all that told me was that Jimmy Oblata like many coaches, is perfectly comfortable lying to the media, uh, and you got to take anything he says with a grain of salt as a result. Oh, yeah, 100%. He, he, and again, that's not unique to him. That's most coaches that are going to blatantly lie to you. <laughs> All right, he's totally fine lying. Um, so, yeah, so now we move into the second half. And like I said before, yeah, Stanley um, – he was substituted in for Hernan, and that's fine. So I'm going to talk about Hernan after this. But I think what Stanley did shows what Richard possibly should be doing more of, and that's pressing. You don't get a lot of pressing out of Emmy or Hernan. And when Stanley came in, he hounded down like Chattanooga's centerbacks to the point where they were kicking the ball long. So before in the first half, Chattanooga was comfortable in the ball in the back end. Like, Nobody was really pressing up against them. Hernan and Emmy kind of tucked in with Neil to kind of create like this more or less like front five. It, it was a weird thing. But so when Stanley's up there, Stanley is a number nine. But he was in between both Chattanooga center backs to where if one had the ball, he would cut off the other one. So it wasn't like that simple pass just across. So he could just stay in the back. It was more or less he would cut off one center back and then the center back would have to play along. And it was a long ball that was, it it was a it was just a ball with no purpose to it that Rich was able to cut out and create chances for. And also, I believe Darren kind of switched the formation again when he brought on Flock for Neil, which was a big thing. Like it was a positive. Thing. Huh. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, you know, bringing uh, Alvis on you know, brought energy, which the team. Needed, uh, you know, it, it was you know 
changing something, you know, and maybe it's for the sake of change, but sometimes to for the change for the sake of change isn't a bad thing. Yeah, you know, because if you can recognize that something's not working, you need to you know, you know do something different, or you just go into that you know uh, definition of insanity of you know doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Uh, so I was glad to see you know Stanley get a run out. You know uh, he hadn't he really hadn't had many minutes so far. I think coming into the game he was in like the 30s total uh, for minutes for the entire season. So you know, seeing him get uh, some run was definitely nice and. Uh, you know, while he wasn't directly involved in uh, the goal that came really, you know, quickly after halftime, uh, you know, I think, you know, he helped to set a tone you know, for how, you know, the team was going to come out. Yeah. So before we talk about the goal, which is very good, going to be a moment of happiness. Um, do you think Stanley should be starting more? And like, why do you think the reason he hasn't been – Getting as many minutes as you thought, or why he hasn't started. Uh, I mean, I think. It, I mean, look, we're not in training. It's hard to definitively say, right? Uh, but I, I think part of it is okay. You know, you know, Hernan, you know, you know, came in. He was one of the you know, big, you know, offseason you know, signings. You're going to give that guy, you know, his chances, you know, at first. And you know, both him and Stanley are really they're just center forwards. Like I don't see them truly fitting in any other position, you know, but what's one of the you know, key things that we, you know, talked about time and time again, uh, Emmy, you know, where's his best spot? Is it that same center forward spot? Is it somewhere, you know, slightly underneath it? You know, so when, you know, her and I was coming out, it was usually Emmy, you know, sliding right in, you know, to that spot. And so unless we were, you know, changing up, you know, a shape or something, you know, that didn't leave a lot of options, you know, for Stanley, it was either, you know, moving him out to a wing, which is probably not the most effective use of his skills. And also there's a lot of other guys who can play that position or it's, you know, dropping him into a midfield spot, which again is probably not the best you know, use of his you know, skill set. So I think a little bit of it is an, a numbers game, uh, you know, as well. Uh, you know, so uh, I wouldn't be opposed to seeing him, you know, some more, you know, moving forward. You know, we have New England coming up, uh, you know, this week, you know, could be you know, an opportunity for him to be able to, uh, you know, get out there, continue to you know, play in that uh, pressure system. And it's something that you know Darren showed those first you know five or six games last year, and then it kind of fell off a little bit. And maybe it's time to bring it back. Yeah, yeah, no, obviously I think so. Um, so yeah, you want to go ahead and dive into the first goal that we scored? It gave us a moment of happiness. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about the the highlight of the game. Uh, I don't know if there's another one after that. No, no, no. So I'm trying to remember exactly. I believe this it came from a long ball, the long ball that we've been talking about for the longest. But I think the key part of in it is not only did Emmy have Emmy have the assist, mm-hmm. but I think Stanley is a key part in this game because where Stanley's at, he's occupying a center. He's really occupying a center and a CDM at the same time. Um, because he's pressed up up on the center back, which kind of leaves Olex open. And Olex in a dead sprint, not a lot of people are catching. Once he's able to kind of turn that corner around the fullback, it was just him in a dead sprint to get to the um, goal line. And I don't know if he meant to shoot it or cross it. It felt like he was stuck in two minds. He was shooting, come on. (laughs) You think he was shooting? 
I really feel like he was crossing. I really feel like he was trying to cross it into Stanley. I I don't think a you know a forward gets uh, you know a free run into the box like that you know you know looking you know, right in the eyes of a keeper and is looking to pass it. <laughs> maybe not, maybe not. But nonetheless, Richmond has a goal. And at this point, I'm like, okay, it's it's miracle work. I'm not quite sure how we are up. But hey, we, we we are up, and then from there it kind of just goes very. I don't know how to describe it. It goes very wrong, very quickly. Right. I mean, my thought in that moment is, all right, defense, let's let's do our thing. We got you know, uh, you know, the forty plus the time. So forty five minutes. You know, these guys have proven they can be able to hold on. It might be a little bit nervy, but okay, we can do this. And also. All right, you know, once Chad New starts pushing, that's going to give Bolduc, that's going to give Olex, you know, plenty of you know, space, you know, to be able to, you know, keep making those you know, runs, you know, keep you know, going at him on the counter. Uh, I mean, I was ready to send out a tweet like that, and then, thankfully, before I was able to, you know, press send on that. Well, not thankfully, I would rather press send on it, but uh, yeah, they scored. Yeah, they scored. And I mean, okay, so this goal. It really just felt like people were just flying in the air moment. Like, it felt like people. So, the difference between this goal and the second goal is the second goal, everyone else was expecting someone else to do their job. This goal was everyone was expecting. Everyone was trying to do too much. They were trying to take on way too much. Because you had Jalen flying through the air, you had a Vaughn like flying through the air, you had a Kira like in no man's land trying to do some much. And then there's a Chattanooga player wide open in the back half, just like who kinda I don't I don't really want to call it a header. He just taps the head in with his forehead. Yeah, he just had a lot of him. Yeah, that's it. He just had to guide the ball into the back of the net. That was it. But yeah, I, like I think this goal really comes from all the defensive pressure that we had to deal with in the first half because you're asking the backline and Zaka to put out fires that were popping up all over the field in the first half. So in the second half, they're still in that mindset of we got to put out fires in order to walk out of here with this team sheet. And when you get in that mindset, mindset, it's never a good thing because – you're then over. You're not. You're no longer doing your job. You're trying to do your job plus someone else's job. That's never a good recipe against a team like Chattanooga, who capitalizes off turnovers. Case in point, that's what happened with us in this game. Yeah, and they have their own you know, super sub. You know, Marky Hernandez you know, came in like right after uh, you know uh, Olix you know, scored, and that dude just torches us off the bench every single time. And sure enough, he got himself involved you know, right away. I think I can't remember if he was the one that actually sent in the initial cross that you know Jalen wasn't fully able to clear or not. Uh, but you know, he got himself involved in the game right away within a minute or two. Yeah, balls in the net again. So you know that guy I I, I don't care what ha- else happens in the you know next time we you know Kickers play them. Darren needs to find a way to you know, make sure that Mark Hernandez does not hurt us because I'm over that dude. 
I'm so done with him, man. I'm so done with him. Like, yeah. Either that or we just need to sign him in the offseason, you know, just so that way he can't hurt us. Yeah, just sign him. Make him the number one transfer target for next year. So now he doesn't hurt us. That's that bad. Um, so then, like, around the 64th minute, he brings on Locke and he brings on Bolognos. He changes up the shape. Is now more of uh, what is he? Group. Yeah, it's a very more mobile, <laughs> very more counterattack. And we were talking about this in the chat about how this is where I think Derek got the tactics wrong because I think this is the group you should have started out with, and then switched to Neil and Emmy coming off. Yeah, I mean, and it, sounds a little, and it sounds a little insane to be able to, you know, say, oh, well, maybe we shouldn't have started, you know, Emiliano Terzaghi, you know, but certain games call for certain situations. And, uh, again, we talked about this, you know, we were talking about this earlier. It, it wasn't, you know, his day. You know, so it's easy to say in retrospect, oh, you know, maybe yeah. you shouldn't have you know, started him. But probably, you know, this game was, you know, again, good proof that, you know, Emmy and you know Neil together aren't a great fit for an extended period of time. Like maybe if you're trying, you know, late in the game and you need a goal, you can find a way to you know, make them work together because you probably have other you know weapons on the field, you know, with them at that point, and it's more of a sustained push forward. But I'm I'd be very surprised uh, to you know, see them both in the starting lineup you know, in those roles, again, you know, unless something else is really different with the shape. Yeah, and I mean, like, either one or – I mean, they're both fine. They're both great good players. Yeah, they're both good players. I think the, I think the issue just comes, like, both of their strengths, they have the same weakness. Mm-hmm. So then it doesn't help you out in the midfield at all. And you need someone else. Like, against the North – in the North Carolina game, for instance, it worked well to have Neil and Emmy on the field at the same time because of the fact of Emmy was more of the striker, but then with Neil, you have Block and you have Emmy kind of paired with him. So you had two mobile center mids or CDMs kind of paired with mm-hmm. Neil to kind of cover that up. I think in this instance, you can't necessarily have those two plus her name because then you're kind of just more or less relying on the pace of Matt and Olex open up a couple of wings. And against, once again, against Chattanooga, a team that's looking to cut out space and kind of just compress everything in, that doesn't work well because you don't have really mobile players in the middle. I think if he goes with, if he goes with Bolognos or Stanley, I think, it tires out Chattanooga earlier in the game, and I think we're able to have a more effective counterattack. Because I, I can see Darren wanted to kind of play on the counter in this. But I, I think if you put those players in there and then bring on a Neil or a Emmy or a Hanan, Hernan, to kind of hold up play, kind of like slow, slow down the tempo of the game, I think then that works a lot better because legs are a lot tired. It's harder to defend a player if you keep just hold the ball onto his feet versus someone that's looking to this one, two pass up the field and just go, 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 you know? Yeah. I mean, it, it, look, it's tricky, right? Because, you know, I, I don't think anybody's you know, going to argue that, you know, 
guys like Emmy and Neil are probably just on pure skill level, you know, at or very close to the top of, you know, the you know, food chain within the kickers team. Right. But just because you have the most skill doesn't mean that you work together well. You know, I think, you know, back to like a, a really classic example, you know, is the you know, England you know, team in the you know, late 2000s, you know, early you know, 2010s. And you had a potentially loaded midfield with Lampard, Gerard, you know, Joe Cole, David Beckham. That team didn't win anything with, you know, those guys. And they always look a lot better when you dropped, you know, at least one of them and put in like Michael Carrick or somebody in there <laughs> who could, you know, cover up and do some of the you know, dirty work that those guys weren't, uh, you know, naturally wired, you know, to do. So, you know, again, you know, it's one of those things where I'm not saying they're the same, you know, level by any means, but, you know, it's kind of our Lampard, you know, Gerard thing where, you know, two individually, you know, great players don't mix well together a lot. Yeah, yeah that's true. All right. And yeah. then the anyway, goal. Oh, yeah. And then you have the second goal, which, once again, like we talked about again, Mark Hernandez finds a way how to hurt Richmond because, and by the way, Calvo, he probably had the singles, the single hardest job in his match because in the first half, he was matched up with um, Bill Boas, who was looking to get it behind him all game, like, Making in and out runs, out and in runs, like very shifty, and then you had to deal with Hernandez, and it's the foul that Calvo gives up to Hernandez that leads to the second. Yeah, uh, I mean, it was basically a corner. Yeah, what it came down to, and this goal—I hate to say it—I mean, you never want to live with any goal technically, but this goal, I think if it's one-one, I'm fine with this. Because when when this ball comes to, it's literally just a mess jumble of legs. And one of the biggest fears I have of like a center pack is, and like in this moment, it's very easy for you to go full force, slide in, hit the striker, and it become a penalty and a red card. And I think everyone in this moment, well, along the defense line, was just like, I don't want to be the one that. I don't want to be the one that messes up. Um, and you can also tell by Akira's position, he had no idea this ball was coming. Yeah, there's a lot of you know, kind of you know, flat footed. So you know, uh, there are a couple you know, Chattanooga guys. I know Jalen was in there. Uh, you know, the ball kind of bounces around and you know mixed a little bit. But after that you know, first initial bit, it just seemed like most of you know, the kickers' players were kind of caught flat footed. Uh, on what to do next, you know, and I mean, that's never good anywhere on the field, but especially when the ball is bouncing your own penalty area, uh, not great. And yeah, the ball, next thing you know, is uh, in the, you know, in the side netting and uh, it's two to one. Yeah. Yeah. And they brought, it came from their own version of Atanke, who, unlike our version, has a goal. Uh yeah. So yeah, that's how the game went. I think I think the best way to sum this game up, there are some positive things you can take away from it. Despite it being a two one loss. I think tactically we have a, a even a better idea of what Darren wants to do. 
but I also believe that Darren himself tactically is maybe doing too much to compensate for certain areas, and I think it just has to make it a little bit more easy. Yeah, I mean, I think for me the big takeaways are that you know, Oleg Anderson does not need to be a super sub to bring us back to last week's conversation because <laughs> he was the one consistent bright spot, you know, in the team even in the first half, which was pretty dire overall. He was able to draw a couple of yellow cards off of Chattanooga players because he was, uh, you know, being a pest, being able to you know get in behind, forcing them to foul him. Obviously, he had he had the goal, uh, you know, you know clear uh, man of the match for the kickers, you know, at the very least. Uh, I was encouraged by you know being able to see uh, you know Stanley Alves you know, get out there, uh, you know, be able to make some positive contributions, be able to. Uh, you know, affect the game at least a little bit. Uh, and, you know, I think, you know, this is a silver lining sort of thing, but I'm hoping that it you know, shows that, you know, just how important Victor Falk is, you know, to the midfield, you know, because, you know, he came, uh, you know, he comes on and it helps, you know, provide a lot more balance you know, to the team, you know, provide some of that size that you were talking about before he can pass the ball well it gives Zaka relief, you know too. So, uh, I, I'm a I'm a Victor Falk, you know, fan. I think you know he's not, you know, he's not the guy who, on your first watch, you're like, wow, that's the dude, that's the guy, you know, I need on my squad. But the more you watch him, I think the more you start to appreciate him. He's like Conte, more or less. You can't really tell them apart. Yeah, no, you can't. Can't tell them apart at all. One happened to be in the Champions League final. One happened to be in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Hey, what wasn't Conte just a few years ago in his third division? Yeah, exactly. Can't, can't always tell them apart. Not, not saying, but uh, you know, <laughs> you know, check back twenty twenty eight. You know, you know, Victor Falk. You know, where you at? <laughs> Probably so. Oh man, so yeah, it this game was. In the moment, heartbreak. Because it was like, we're almost there. Like, you could have had that draw. Because I think the games coming up, I think, are important games. Because, um, like, Revs 2 is an important game. And then, of course, you have the games with Ford and Union Omaha coming up right after. So those are important games. Coming up, it would have been good to get a draw. But I also think, like, I think if we would have came out of that game with a win, I think it would have maxed up some of the things that, you know, Darren might have been like, oh, you know, we got to win, you know, let's keep it pushing. You know, yeah. the loss kind of highlights it a little bit more, so I think Darren is probably in the lab. Not overthinking it, but I think he's, you know, trying to work on it, trying to make sure things are in the right Yeah, a win would have been criminal. Let's be real about that. Uh, would have taken it. Would have been happy to have those points. Uh, but even, you know, I think if you really step back and look at it objectively, I think a draw – would have, you know, last week, you know, I was of the opinion that, you know, I think Shanir was of the opinion that a draw was a loss. This week, a draw would have been a win. Yeah, a draw would have been 100%. And, and I think it's, you know, some of the accumulated, you know, results that makes this one harder to take, you know, because if the team had gotten the win last week, I think a loss here a little bit easier to swallow. If they hadn't, uh, you know, kind of, you know, choked away the Fort Lauderdale game, 
earlier in the season might have been a little bit easier, you know, you know, swallow this one. If it hadn't, you know, again, Greenville, it's not a negative on the record to lose to them necessarily, but hadn't lost them in the way that, you know, that had lost, it might not have been as hard a pill to swallow. So I think it's the accumulation of things that, you know, makes it a little bit more frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Well, we got this game out the way. We got Rev Sue coming up, um, which, by the way, I was probably the only person in America who watched the Fort Lauderdale Rev Sue game on Friday, which, oddly enough, I didn't realize that Bill Neville's son played Fort Lauderdale too. A little bit of nepotism there, but it is what it is. Um, anything of note that, you know, listeners should keep aware about for Rev Sue? I mean, obviously, they struggled in attack. The defense has been solid for them, but like they struggle in attack. Anything you think of know that you need to keep an eye out for for Revs too. I think one of the things to keep an eye out for is what is the Rev Senior Squad looking like? Because we've seen a couple times now where they dropped you know Earl Edwards down, which uh, dropped you know uh, you know our former player Joe Rice to the bench. I'm not sure one's necessarily better or worse than the other, but there's that spillover effect to other players too. As well, so like you know, Justin Rennix is the big one of note who could find his way you know, down into the Revs two team again. Uh, they're not an exciting you know, team to watch. I think they can be you know effective. Uh, the only I think Fort Lauderdale's the only team they've beaten all year. They've beaten them twice, but uh, you know they were right there up until the final whistle with Omaha. They almost stole you know one there. They drew Chattanooga, so they're not a Bad new team by any means. Uh, I think it's. I don't. I don't think we're going to put dropping up three on them. I mean, if we put three on them, that would make me feel a lot better about this. But uh, uh, I'll take this if we drop another three on them. I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think so either. And I also think I, I'd be. I'd be surprised if we see Joe Rice start this game. I mean, he has not played a game against us since. He's been the Rams too, um, but it looked like more or less that Edwards is kind of like their quote unquote number one. Yes, it's yeah, it's weird. I, I know Joe's played a couple games, and I wonder if the fact that this game is going to be on the road is going to be any different because I know at least a couple of the you know Earl Edwards games that I can think of like against us, you know, uh, this last weekend were home games you know, for them. So I don't know if that's just a matter of. Uh, Hey, all right, you're here. Go ahead and you know stay with them rather than ship them out on a road trip with uh, the young guys. I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure it, it, if we look more closely into their results. We could probably get a better idea, but it's come on, it's Reds too. I don't care that much about them to do that research. <laughs> um, so shifting on the, uh, our side, I do think I think a visa will get a start in this game. I can see um, Akira kind of getting a rest. I don't think it's going to be this soon. You don't think so? Not yet. Oh, uh, let's see. What what was we have like, I, I would. I think it's a lot more likely you know, that that'll happen. You know, when we get into that North Carolina, North Texas, Fort Lauderdale, North Carolina stretch, so late June, early July. Yeah, maybe so. Because with where the team is in this, you know, the table right now, yes, it's early. You know, but you need to. Do need to start, you know, putting some points on the board, and with 
you know, two tough games with Madison and Omaha right after this. Uh, I think this is one where you need to make sure that you're doing everything you can to get three on the board at home. Yeah. Okay. Um, any other changes into the lineup? Do you think Darren sticks with this four, one, three, two, or do you think he goes back to the four? God, I hope not. <laughs> yeah, you know, we've seen you know this combo a couple times now. It's not working at least as a starting lineup. You know, so whether you you know start Stanley up you know front, uh, whether you you know rotate Bolaños back in you know to the team for uh, one of the you know wingers, what uh, yeah, whether you you know, bring uh, you know somebody you know, you know fresh in who hasn't had you know, much playing time yet either, you know, whether they're talking like, a, you know, a Vickers or whether they're talking to Pavone, you know, bringing him back into the team. I think something needs to be freshened up a little bit. And it's not necessarily who's the best player, but who might be able to bring the spark, you know, sometimes. Uh, so I don't know what that's going to you know, look like, but I, I would be stunned if it's the same starting 11 again. Yeah, I would be excited too. I wouldn't mind seeing Stanley Bolognos up top. Um, and I really wouldn't mind to see a, a true natural attacking mid. I'm fine seeing Luke and Zaka in the midfield paired with Matt and Olex out on the side. Go 4 4 2, go high press, kind of do the same thing Chattanooga did to us and see if you can create some stuff out of it. I think if Aaron goes back to high press it, I wouldn't be mad. I'm almost you know, cool with all that, but uh, referring back to about 10 minutes ago, I'm a Victor Falk guy. I need him in that starting 11. Oh, yeah, 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 100%. Him and Zaka pair right beside each other, I'm fine with like, Yeah, I, I think that needs to be the you know, starting point from you know, which the midfield and the attack is built, and you build around that you know, right now. Yeah, because the back four is fine. The back four, you don't have to touch that. If Devontae or Mumbai get healthy, which is two players we haven't seen yet. Um. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe throw like, you know, Alan, you know, start, you know, you know here, uh, you know, give, you know, you know Chrysler game off. Uh, maybe throw Chris Cole, start, give, you know, Monty a game off. I'm not opposed to either one of those. I don't think it's, you know, something that is, you know, dire and needed right away. But if you want to get, yeah, at some point you you want to get some guys a game so that way when they really really need to be called upon, you know, they're not you know, coming in you know, for the first time in forever, or in some cases ever. Yeah, sure, very true, very true. Um, so yeah, so I think that is a good preview of the Rev Sioux game. Um, that game is Saturday, six thirty, same place and time at City Stadium. Um, also this week. On Wednesday, we're going to have Matt Bullock on the podcast, um, kind of talking to his career, kind of seeing like, how he is a player. I might ask him why every time he looks so annoyed on the field, as we've all alluded to. Um, and then, yeah, Matt, um, anything else from you, my friend, before we wrap up? Uh, no, I mean, you know, keep in mind, you know, there's still 22 games you know, to go. In the season, so like, I know I know I was hot, you know, Saturday after the game, and uh, you know, was feeling some kind of way about how it all went. But you got to keep you know, the bigger picture, you know, in mind right now. If we're 
still talking about this, you know, the same sort of things a month from now. All right, let's start to panic at that point, you know, but still plenty of time to turn around. Remember, you know, top six get in, you know, so as of today, the team is actually in a playoff spot. Uh, you know, we'll ignore all the wonkiness of games played, you know, with every seemingly every team having a different number of games played in this league. Uh, and, you know, let's, let's be happy that, uh, you know, St. Vincent, uh, you know, did the kickers a solid and, uh, you know, didn't call in Olex for, you know, the qualifiers. So that way we can have them for another couple of weeks. Yay. <laughs> that brings all the fun with us. I don't have nothing else to add. I, I'm just ready to get to the stadium this area to see how the boys do, see how Derek gets on. Um, yeah. So with that being said, guys, um, make sure to like, share, and subscribe our podcast. It helps other five star review. Also, there's a link down below to the Facebook page. So if you like that, you'll be able to get uh, first alerts for all the podcasts. You know, who's working hard on that. Maybe Matt will have an article out. Who knows? You have to wait and see. <laughs> um, yeah. So as always, this is Matt. I mean, ah, this is Elliot. That's Matt. We'll holler at you guys later. <laughs>